Hello and welcome to the Manic Film Club, the film review show where we say things like, I wish these family members would decide how to pronounce their own name. I'm Liam, and sitting opposite me through the powers of the internet, it's Tobias. Hello. Hey, bud. I know, it's weird that we are sitting through the internet and yet we saw each other yesterday in person. Yeah. We, sat near each- we sat near each we other did. as well. We, we could have done a podcast. <laughs> we, that is the thing, is actually, we, we sat closer than we could have done a podcast, yeah. We actually sat closer than we normally are when we do a podcast. <laughs> That is true. That is true. There's less chicken wings when we do a podcast, though. Maybe that should change. Ah, I think maybe we should have the chicken wings. Let's just do all of our podcasts in Nando's. Hey, I'm I'm up for it. I don't know if they would be. No, the thing is, if they come to you, like, what are you doing? I'm having a cheeky podcast. Cheeky podcast, cheeky Nando's. I'll, we'll rebrand it the Cheeky Manic. It's fine. We'll get some branding. Yeah. Cool. So we watched the film. We did. Would you like to know about it? Yeah, we weren't together when we watched the film. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, right. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, we watched The Maywitz Stories, new and selected, starring Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller, Dustin Hoffman. Grudges and rivalries abound as three adult siblings converge in New York to contend with their prickly artist father and his fading legacy. That is what we watched. That is what we watched. I mean, this is a big old cast. It's a big old cast, and I thought it was bigger than it was in some cases because those three actors that I just named, yeah, I knew they were the only three that I knew were in it. I knew that Emma Thompson was in it. I did before not know going that. into it, and I don't know how I knew that, but I did. Well, when um, you look at the right, so we've got Adam Sandler, yeah, uh, Ben Stiller, yeah. Dustin Hoffman, Emma Thompson. Elizabeth Marvel, who I don't know if you know, but I know her. No, I don't really no. know her. Uh, Candy Spurgeon. Uh, she's in, like, Boston Eagle. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Adam Driver, who's obviously yeah. Kylo Ren. You've got a cat named after him. Uh, <laughs> Judd Hirsch. And, um, right, now, I went wrong here. I spent the whole first scene, basically, thinking it had Shailene Woodley in it. And oh, it wasn't. I, it's someone called Grace Van Patten. I see that. It wasn't until there's, there's a naked scene. And I went, <laughs> I don't think that is Shailene Woodley, you know. <laughs> that doesn't look like her. No, I, I completely get the, the mis- mistake there. Yes. But she does, I hadn't thought about it, but she does look a lot like her. Yeah. It's a big cast. It is a big it cast. Is. I mean, like you said, Adam Driver, he's in like maybe, what, three minutes of the film? Oh, but, but. It's a big right. old name. Now, what year did this come out in? Oh, that's one of the deals I didn't write down. Seven. Was it? 17 right well actually because the director's called noah Baumbach. Baumbach. i don't know how to say his name Baumbach, maybe yeah uh and what i've noticed is a lot of the actors and the director have all worked with each other oh yeah in, in previous previous films. Oh, especially like ben stiller he's always with them by yeah. the look of his resume uh and now apparently adam sandler had such a good time on this he said that whenever noah wants him for anything he will just do it That's nice. um but I mean, I not that long ago watched uh, Marriage Story. Oh, I which, haven't seen it. Well, it's Adam Driver and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, very good, and like this film, very wordy. It's very yeah. talk. It's a very talky film, uh, and that is something about this Mayowitz stories. I've said this before, and it's something I, I. If it's a particularly wordy sort of film, I often go, "This could have been a play." Yeah. And I do feel, even though there's quite a lot of different scenery changes in this one, 
this could have been a play because it's, it's quite, easy, um, it's quite emotional. It's quite emotional, but also it's very much got its scenes, and the scenes actually yeah. don't last. I'd actually say it's very performance driven, as in with the way it's kind of played out. Not as in like it's all a show, but it is. If you're right, you could literally go scene one, scene two. There's pretty much a clear cut off bit between each scene, really. Yeah, it, I mean, I it's very yeah. Um, I mean, this is a bit like one of the other ones where we watched. Where was it? Private Lives or Private Life? Whatever it's called. Private Life. You always get that. <laughs> yeah, so it confuses me. It's, you know, um, the cinematography was much like that, where it was very real, very gritty. There was nothing over the top, flashy, except for the girls' like projects. But that was meant to be. Yes, it was. It um, was that is, that's here. where the nudity you mentioned came in. Yeah, it was like her um, arts projects. But um, no, the actual film itself was filmed in a very realistic, down-to-earth way. It wasn't meant to be super colourful, um, which I, was quite, a, a, I think, a good choice for what they went with. Now, this is a question. Because I personally, I mean, it is, and it's got funny moments. But I'm not sure I'd call it a comedy as such. Dramedy? No. Dramedy? Would yeah, that be ma- the term? Yeah, it's le- it leans more towards the drama, but it has humour. Definitely, and this is the thing of when when we knew we were doing this, I really wasn't sure about having Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller together in a film. The thing is, they're both known for being very OTT. Very, and I am pleased that they weren't. They were actually, no, actually they were warranted to be the lead characters. I mean, I agree with some of the reviews that I've seen since watching the film. I, so I don't, I don't read, read the reviews, reviews for this one. I normally um, do. It's actually quite quite well liked. Okay. Uh, and one thing, it says more, not so much about Ben Stiller, but they say, well, I think we can put the rest that actually Adam Sandler can act. Yeah. <laughs> he can yeah. actually Although act. I will say, actually, on the, on the sense of acting, I mean, I've seen Ben Stiller in stuff that is less over the top than I have Adam Sandler. Yeah. But there is a, a, a scene in this which really does show Ben Stiller off quite well when he's outright crying and breaking down. It's, yeah. it's where he's making his big speech. Yes, yeah. And actually, I thought that was really well done. Yeah, there was the moment towards the end where they, he did his big address yes. and he breaks down and he has to kind of be consoled and Danny, has to, Danny, who's played by Adam Sandler, has to take over. And I actually thought that was really good because you don't see that side of Ben Stiller very often because he's yeah. normally that over-the-top. very Almost in a way, you know how like Jim Carrey is known to be like the elastic-faced? He's that yeah. kind of actor, isn't he? But what I have about Jim Carrey is I think when Jim Carrey decides to tone it down and decides to be real, he's actually very good. Like Truman Show. Yeah. But I don't tend to have that about Ben Stiller. No, I ben do. Ben Stiller, can, I just kind of want to slap him a lot of the time. <laughs> you almost feel like you're always waiting for some punchline to come in. Yes. You don't yeah. believe it. But actually with this, because of the whole tone of the film, you, you were fine with it. I think they're acting... I can't really knock anyone's acting in it. No, I think it's... I mean, I'll talk about Adam Sandler. Now, I haven't seen a lot of Adam Sandler's... All of his films. I, I, I'm not... I wouldn't class myself as a fan, but I've seen films within him. And it's not like I hate him, but when I see that he's in something, it doesn't make me want to go, oh, He's I a very be... particular performer, isn't he? I don't he's think got he's that gone very, downhill very as personal... well. No, yeah, I do agree. Yeah. But he has got a very particular style of acting. Yeah, so I was worried... But I think what helps is he gets to play quite an angry character. Yeah, he does, and, doesn't he? Which actually, I did find quite funny 
because you you see Danny's the first character you really see him and his daughter. Yeah, but you totally get where he gets it from because he's so quick to snap, and then later she, you see Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, so quick, and it's the pull cue. It's a bit with the pull cue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, genuinely, we've both said it before. I like Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, he's a good actor. He's I can't think of a film I've seen him in that I don't enjoy his performance in. Even if it's a film that I don't really like, he is generally good in it. Yes, and um, yeah. this does show that. I mean, he goes through a lot of lot of different kind of areas in this. Like, the whole kind of pivotal thing is he has an accident and kind of becomes hospital yes. ridden, doesn't he? And um, obviously that he he takes a little bit of a backseat acting wise by that point, yeah. but. <laughs> Um, but up until then, he's very much the grouchy kind of, he's set in his ways, he knows what he wants. Um, and he's like, he's he's a sculptor, isn't he? And it's very particular in the way he performs it. But no, I know I liked him. I, I, I like him in everything. Yeah, I especially liked watching him run. I was just about to say, I, <laughs> I think a lot of my laugh out loud moments, and there aren't many, to be fair, but yeah. it's Dustin Hoffman that make when he breaks the pool cue... When he 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 just takes off, he literally just runs, <laughs> and then you've got Adam Sandler who's got a limp, trying to catch up with his elderly father. Yeah. Then there's the I whole like scene. How everyone goes, "Why are you limping?" <laughs> yeah. Then there's the whole scene, which actually, it's. I don't think Dustin Hoffman has that much in the scene, but it's the the scene happened because Dustin Hoffman thinks that someone else has taken his coat. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> Because, I mean, yeah. I, we'll, we'll come back to that set because it leads on to, from this. Yeah. Is the whole thing that I liked about, um, what's his name? It doesn't have a place, Harold. Um, um, the whole thing about Harold is if he doesn't want to do something or doesn't like something, he will not do it. So he like he's sitting in a restaurant and he's like, yeah, I don't do this anymore. Just walks out. Yeah. And that is the whole, like, if you literally had to write a character and give it a single trait to lead that character, that's him. You do realise, though, that's you when you're old. Oh yeah, you hate doing things that you don't want to do, and you will run away. (laughs) Also, it is it is such a parent thing to do. The way he's talking to um, Ben Stiller's character Matthew when they're sitting out for dinner, every time he doesn't like something, he is he's just like, okay, I'm off now. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, and I'm like, that is brilliant. And you're right, it does lead into the whole that man's taking my jacket. What? (laughs) He's taken, no, he hasn't taken, Dad, he hasn't taken your jacket. He has, I know my jacket. And you realise before any of the characters yeah. do, yeah. he's got his jacket. It's then Dustin, put... then yeah. Dustin Hoffman realises, but Ben Stiller has already sprinted across the road. And I will say, that is one of my favourite scenes, straight out, away out of that, out, straight after the restaurant, before you've he's caught up to the guy, when he first runs across... Yeah. When Ben Stiller kind of you see him sprint and then it pans back to Dustin Hoffman, just the way that is filmed, I really enjoyed. A bit like with Private Life, when um, Paul Giamatti's character did the run, it yeah. I liked when it pans, but it the when he catches up and you already know that's his jacket, yeah. and he's like, "What's that? Oh, there's a, t- that, there's a ticket to um to Fault in Our Stars." And the guy's like, "I haven't seen Fault in Our Stars," and Dustin Hoffman's like, "I have," <laughs> yeah. and he go, and Ben Stiller goes. Why would he have your ticket? <laughs> yeah. Now, why would you? And it's like, it yeah. makes perfect sense because we've all done that thing where we thought something's happened and it hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's worse when you've got angry about something and you yeah. just then don't want to make a thing of the fact and that, that you're is wrong. The thing. You're right. Um, Adam Sandler's character gets the anger from, from yeah. Dustin Hoffman because it's just so well performed by them yeah. both. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I think I've already mentioned it slightly, but there's a lot of interlinking of the individual actors have worked with each other previously. Yeah. Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller have worked with each other, I think, three times. Uh, Dustin Hoffman has played both of their fathers in different films. Right, okay. Uh, And Dustin Hoffman and Emma Thompson have played opposite each other in, like, three films. Yeah. In fact, I watched Stranger Than Fiction just the other day, which has both of them in. Um, what did you think uh, of Emma Thompson's character? I like Emma Thompson. She played Maury, Harold's fourth wife. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would say Emma Thompson's character is one of the more unnecessarily over the top characters in a way. Very much so. They've all, they've basically all kind of gone in on the stepmother thing of yeah, there's something wrong with her. They don't really like her, and she's not helping herself by not like letting them talk to the doctors and because she's like talk to me um but yeah and no, i do agree um the way she went with the character obviously you don't know who's like the creative decisions it was but yeah it just felt odd it was a bit over the top I, if there was I, a role that was too over the top that was the one i feel that what may have happened is that they cast the family i think they cast the three men very yeah. well uh and i have no problems with uh elizabeth marvel as the sister um, but I get the feeling that they needed someone to play the the stepmother, and maybe Dustin Hoffman went, I know Emma Thompson. Yeah. It kind of felt like it didn't need to be Emma Thompson. No, I fully agree with that, because if anything, I just feel like they look odd as a couple. Uh, see, I, I've seen them work together, so therefore I kind of don't have yeah. that problem. Uh, but it was her character that didn't seem to yeah, quite fit. It was a little bit unnecessary. Uh, you I could have he... easily never met that character and have it re- had her referenced. Yes, uh, though a character that again you wouldn't need to be in the film. But one of my favourite scenes is when Dustin Hoffman's character is in hospital, and both Ben Stiller and Anne Sandler really, really enjoy the female nurse. <laughs> yeah. I said enjoy in a weird way. I didn't mean it that no, way. No, it's not she's in there like at a the beginning. Way. She's a, she knows what she's doing. She's helpful. Yes. But she goes off shift and they're left with someone else who they do not like. I think her character was Pam, wasn't it? Yes. And the next time they see her, (laughs) she's just like, yeah, I'm basically back on shift. I'm just doing my work. And she's like, they hug her. They're like, I'm so happy to see you. It's so over the top for them, (laughs) but in a good way. It it, it works very well. They've grown so attached to the idea of her because she was the one who was helping. But to her, they're just another patient's family. Yes, I mean... And she doesn't have that link that they've got, but it is such a good scene. She's from Glow. She's... um, like the she-wolf one from Glow. Oh, I rec- that's how I recognise her face. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Also, actually, for throwaway cameos, Sigourney Weaver playing Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. I always <laughs> find it weird. Can you imagine being asked to play yourself in the film? How, how like, it, I mean, that's a nice thing, but it's weird. Yes. Because you're still is. acting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it, it literally, there's a scene later where Dustin Hoffman's character is recounting him meeting Sigourney Weaver. He's like, I met Sigourney Weaver. She said, hi, I'm Sigourney. And I said, hi, I'm Harold. And I was like, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> those are real conversations. <laughs> We've had those kind of conversations. Yeah. Yeah, I no. met um, oh, Christopher Lloyd at a Star Trek convention. And I went up and said, it's nice to meet you. And he went, Ugh. That's not my personal story, but I love that story for me. <laughs> it's like, he growled at me. I, I, like I could but... picture his face while doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the thing is, so Harold recounting that story, even though it's, it's real. so mundane, it's a mundane it's story. But that's the thing is, this this film is so 
mundane and mediocre in its telling. Yeah, because it's it's it doesn't it's not trying to be flashy. I mean, you look at what, like Dolomite. Yes, it's a true story, and it's so over the top because of what it is. But this, I mean, I I don't know if this is based on any real at all or anything like that. But I it could be. easily be. But it could easily be. Yeah, because of how real and gritty it is. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like it needs to put whistles and bells on everything. It is what it is, and that, I mean, it works really. Um, this. Going to um, is that Elizabeth Marvel playing Jean? Yes, she was the only other ga- character when it comes to like one of the main group who I didn't gel with. She was underplayed. Yeah. Uh, whereas I actually just don't think they gave her the screen time. No. And I don't know. There's no reason why they shouldn't have chosen that actress, and I'm not going to knock the actress. Oh no, no, no! It's nothing against the actress at all. But, Whereas I can honestly believe that Dustin, Adam, and Ben are all actually a family. She she feels like the odd one out. Especially as she's meant to be. I mean, her right. <clears throat> Adam Sandler and Elizabeth Marvel's characters are literally brother and sister. Yeah. Whereas Ben Stiller's character is supposedly a younger. Yeah, even though he's the oldest. He's the oldest one in real life, but that's often the way in films, isn't it? Oh. Um, so basically, Dustin Hoffman left their mother for, and you know, and that's yeah. But and also, they always play the fact that Michael Ben Stiller's character is the favourite. Oh, basically yeah. the whole way through. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I just didn't gel with the character. I think it's because she did feel like she stuck out. I read while looking through this that she based her character on like a character from The Godfather. Yes, and the way I, she portrayed oh, it, and having not seen The Godfather, I which I know is a sin, I just, <laughs> I I can't comment on it, and it might just be the way she carried herself, but I just it the character stuck out, but not in a good way to me. I I understand that. Uh, Although she did basically she gets... start one of my favorite scenes, and she wasn't even in it. It was literally when the two guys start yes. beating a car up. Yeah, no, that's, because that's they realised the old eighty-year-old has has perved over her when she was a bit younger. Yeah, and um, it's it's so it is. Do you know what? it's a bit like the um, Bridget Jones's fight? It's a real thing. It's not glorified. They don't instantly put a brick through the window. No. They just start hitting it with random items, and then they just have to get over it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, they're brothers, and they can't really. They don't hate each other. I'll, they're I'll, just all wound like up. The way they they do it, they 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 beat this car up badly. They then put like a. A stone through the windscreen, which is fair. They then go back inside <laughs> and realise they've got a faceless dude who's eighty yeah. and is now sobbing over their their ill dad. Yeah. So they're like, "We need to leave. <laughs> we just need to go run." <laughs> yeah. I, and I did like that 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 scene. To me. And there was only a handful of scenes that really kind of really captured me, really got me fully into it. But that one did make me. Try. And it was whenever there was humour. But that's my thing, really. Yes, I'm. I'm glad there was the humour. It needed it. I'm glad that actually, as a film, the actors that we know for being quite over the top were actually quite grounded. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think did resonate somewhat, getting a bit deeper on this one, Ooh. is it's actually, I think, a conversation between, I'm going to say the three siblings, but it actually might just be the two boys. Um, it's when... Dustin Hoffman's character's been in hospital, but is then better. Yeah. And Adam Sandler basically does talk about the fact of 
he thought that was it. And he basically in his head said goodbye to him and yeah. didn't think actually he's going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's do, quite a, you get yeah. to that point. And the, that's literally what the them to do yeah. you're gonna have to have a whole like therapy sessions where there's like you have to say goodbye if you need to say something you say that now yeah because that and they do and yeah then there's that realization of oh what happens art now because yeah. actually he's 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 recovered yeah yeah he's not the same that he was but he's 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 back yeah and actually grouchier than he was before <laughs> yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah. but actually then flipping on because everything up until that point is actually all about Michael, but then he kind of does the I I need Danny, mm. but then Danny doesn't want to be needed, and Danny actually for the first time I think wants to be near Michael, and he well, kind yeah. of that's kind of like the turning point for his character, but it's the ending of the film for him really, isn't it? Yeah, him going you know what no I know you need me to... I know he doesn't say this to the dad, but he's like yeah. he basically says in his actions I know you need me to stay here, but. I need to go out there. I need, I, I've, because he's the brother, he's a family member who, apart from the sister, at least out of the brothers, who has been there for the dad. And, and he knows whatever's going to happen. And Michael isn't going to be there. No. And as much as the sister he's is going to be around. He's successful, is not he? And he's moved on. He's yeah. moved on. But, but it's um, going to be him who stays behind to look after the dad. Yeah. And it's like a lot of pressure. So it's, it's that big turning point where he basically makes that decision and goes, you know what? I know you need me, but I also need me. And also, right, this is something... Now, we've already mentioned it from a, a different way in. One thing that I can kind of appreciate, not quite on the same level, but as someone who creates plays and artistic things, it's that thing when uh, Adam Sandler's daughter in it goes off, she's, she's making films, and then she sends her family these films with no warning what the films are, yeah. And she's always naked in them. And it's always so sexual. And They're very weird. overtly sexual, aren't yes. they? And it's weird just watching them around like a laptop. Her dad's just watching it smiling, going, yeah, I might watch this on my own. This is weird. <laughs> it's like, uh... But then it's like, you find out that she's just, she sent it to everyone. Yeah. She's already sent it to Michael, um, yeah. Yeah, Matthew. And it's... <laughs> oh, is it Matthew? Yes. I've been calling him Michael this whole podcast. <laughs> I was calling him Mark in my mind while I was doing the research, but it's Matthew. <laughs> Good. Yep. <laughs> um, we we know it's an M. At least we're getting the right letter. Um, what did so? What did you think of the actual writing side of this then? Because you said you think it could easily be a play, and I do agree with that. I think it's well written. I don't know if it's based on anything. I don't know. I don't think it is based. On, I think it's just a film. Yeah. Um, it's written by Noah uh, Baumbach as I, well. He's got, I think, quite a good credit for it. It got, I think. Now we covered this with Dolomite. I think. Was it that one or a different film? It was released at Cannes. Oh, Okia. Okia. Yeah, Okia. Different film. Uh, but one we've reviewed. And it was at Cannes and it essentially got booed. It That kind of stuff. But ended up with like a four minute standing ovation yeah. at the end. Yeah. I don't think it deserves a four minute standing ovation. I because... can understand how Okia might have got one because of everything that goes on in it. Yeah. But this is more run of the mill story. I right? don't understand. with With where the film ends up. Yeah, it kind of pitters out. It I kind suppose of, actually, yeah, it like, doesn't have a build punch. up. It's a big ending, but this is it doesn't have a huge like massive like celebratory ending. It almost ends without you realizing. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like oh, the, now it's the credits. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it kind of left me. 
it left me underwhelmed because I think I wanted something. I want. It didn't feel like it really built to anything. It was no. more just like a little snapshot of the their lives. No, I fully agree. I think that's very accurate. But I do think it was well written because it was relatable. It was relatable. I say the, you know, we've already mentioned several moments that, like the whole talk about Sigourney Weaver, we've already pointed out moments that are relatable to us. Yes, and it is. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't feel the need to be over the top or be anything that it's not trying to be. No, and I think that's a clever decision. Um, I thought it was a funny little tidbit of knowledge that Noah Baumbach also wrote Madagascar Three. <laughs> I, just, I just, I know it's not relevant. It's just such a a random because all of his actual films credits that he's directed and written are very emotional. They're this kind of feel. They're yeah. different topics, but they're all very well. Uh written so but madagascar 3 it was just such a random throwaway but what what you'll find is you have to write as you have to write those commercial things mm. so that you can then get the backing oh, to yeah. do the things you actually want to do yeah, in the same right. principle although it's got nothing to do with this particular film um it's what's been said like brad pitt brad pitt's um career he's openly said he had to take all the pretty boy roles to get famous yeah, so exactly. he then could do all the gritty roles that he wanted. Well, that's the thing. When 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 you are one of those pretty boy actors yeah. who's got the face, not necessarily doesn't have the ability, but is seen as the pretty boy actor, you do have to take those roles, don't you? Yeah. Now, he can be. He, he is a good actor. Yeah. Uh, and he knew that he was capable of the rest, but he knew what he had to do. Yeah. And you do find that actually... Not that I'd call this, well, it was an adult film, but it was the mature, a mature film. You, you, they'll often have done a cartoon or you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. You know, and just... I mean, it's the same with every actor. Like you, for example, we've mentioned um, Jim Carrey actually being a good serious actor. Yes. It, he knows what he's good at. He knows that his niche is the comedy and the slapsticky, silly stuff. So he knows that at some point he wants to, he would have wanted to do something serious and, meaningful but he knows that he's got to do the grind first and yeah. you know he's got to do the bums talking in ace ventura you know <laughs> he's got to be in the mask you know to, to yeah. get there yeah but that's that's the problem with um actors being pigeonholed and t and the phrase typecast yes it's not necessarily like that but you have to do those things to to do what you want to do but by that point you've then been labeled as a comedy actor do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Which is unfortunate because, you know, people can do... That's why it confuses me when people get surprised when they can, they see an actor they know sing for the first time. It's like, well, realistically, they've probably got more than one skill. Yeah, yeah. But oh, when they, but when they yeah. train, generally, it's either they have a single trick or they have a whole bag of them. Yes, yeah. Uh, a lot of actors will have done musical theatre. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily. No, you no, know. it's not like you have to, but it, it, it's normally... Some actors have to then, if they, they get cast in a musical and then have to train to be a singer because they've been cast in a musical. It makes more sense when you're training for something yes. like that to have more than one trick because yeah. realistically, no role's ever going to be the same. So having more options to give means you're more likely to get a role. Yes. Um, I, so, bringing it back to this film specifically. I, so. <laughs> <laughs> um... I I enjoyed the cast. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think they're all... Even though 
Emma Thompson felt a bit over the top. She still, we know she's a good actor, and she yes. gets by on that merit. I think the writing was good. Yeah, there was nothing wrong. Um, As I said, I, I actually like the cinematography. Some of the choices, yeah. like when um, the beginning with Adam Sandler and his daughter in the car, I quite like the way they filmed that. <clears throat> I always well, like how they filmed car scenes because it's interesting to see if they can <clears throat> green screen or actual car. Yeah. Yes, I know. It's a decision they have to make. <clears throat> Couldn't get rid of it. <clears throat> um, I remember because we both liked Private Life. Yeah. But when it came to cinematography, I had a little bit of a go at it because there it would be over dramatic at times with yeah. its with its camera work because you'd have a whole dinner party blurred and you're like, now I'm just I'm I'm actually just paying attention to what the camera's doing, not what the people yeah. are doing. I actually at no point in this film was distracted by what the camera was doing. Right, okay. And um, I think it's another one of those where it didn't go to the cinema properly. It's a Netflix. Yeah. And I do think you can get away with being a bit smaller. It This kind of, this film and its cinematography and generally the way it takes itself really does back up the phrase slow and steady wins the, wins the race. Yes. Because yeah. this didn't need to rush itself into anything. It, it did just kind of gallop its way as it went through. And, yeah, I, and I, it, it was good for that. It's about two hours, I think. Is it about two yeah. hours? Or is it it's two? literally like a minute or two short of it, yeah. Uh, didn't feel it. Didn't feel the length of it, personally. You watched it in more than one. Yeah, I, I think I have a different opinion of this film. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I I watched it in one sitting and didn't have a yeah. problem with length. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there another element of it that you want to talk about? Not really, because I, I will say I can't think of a lot to talk about this film. No. Um, I think the acting was good. Um, the cinematography had moments that I did really like, but like you said, there was nothing that made me go, oh, that was bad. Yeah. Um, and you're right, the cameras weren't, it just felt natural. Yeah. That's what they're going for them, I think. Yeah. Do you want to move on to rating? Yeah, we can. Okay. Now, here at the Manic Film Club, we don't rate on a scale of like one to five, one out of five or a star system or like one to a hundred. Um, out of just for information, uh, Ron Tomatoes has given this a 92%, which I see, yeah. I get, because you said it's been quite well received. Yeah. We simply rate it either a hit or a miss. A hit means, did we enjoy the film? Would we consider watching it again? Would we tell people about it? Um, and did we just generally enjoy the film? Um, and a miss is the direct opposite of that, nice and simple. Now, we do kind of have a little bit of like a ranging scale in there. Sometimes yeah. we go for a soft hit and a soft miss, but if it's not quite despicable but or it's not perfect, but yeah. generally we go hit or miss. We've had one manic maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Tobias, how did you find this film? It, it's difficult to rate fully because one thing that I don't have is I don't know if I'd recommend it to anyone. I don't don't think beyond this podcast it will come up in conversation. No, I think it's one that I might end up forgetting that I've seen. Um, but that said, can maybe considering I was going in a little bit worried. I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to have to give it a hit, personally. Okay, that's fair. Um, right, m My rating for this film, bear in mind that I actually do think the acting was very good. Yeah. I don't think any of... Even though we've commented on Emma Thompson's character being a bit over the top, I think the way she actually acted, it was fine. Yeah. If that, if that is something a director said, this is what I want... 
that's not an acting decision. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and as I said, cinematography was great. I will say I found this boring. This film so boring. You found this boring. Such a film. <laughs> oh, I found this such a slog to the point of I would put it only just above High Flying Bird for me. Really? And only in the sense yeah. of only in the sense of High Flying Bird, I had no interest in. There was, gonna, no, there was no redeeming points for me for this film. What I'm going to say, that film. that's quite a surprise because you haven't brought that up before now. So no. Because why would you say that? Is it the writing? Is it the direction? Is, is it the acting? I, I found the whole thing a bit too slow. Okay. I, I think the pacing of the film was too slow and its redeeming quality was the humour. That's why I said earlier that it needed its humour. Yeah. If, the, if they had decided to go full on serious drama... It would have outright been a this is not for me. I and I mean I am going to give it an outright miss, okay. just because I will never choose to watch this film again. If Amanda said I would like to watch this film, I'd say you can watch that when I'm in bed. Then, sure. but um, is that not right? Because now in the past, I've been guilty of not being in the mood to see a film and really struggling with it because I wasn't in the mental right place. Do you think that could be something? Because you fell asleep, didn't you? Uh, the first time. Yeah, but I but I rewatched it from the beginning the second time. When did you watch it? Today? Uh, no, yesterday. What, which, uh, where 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 are we? It wasn't today. I watched it. It's Sunday today. It was last night when we finished. Basically, after we. So that was still quite late. You yeah, still, you still chose say, to watch it late. <laughs> I enjoyed it more on the second viewing than I did the first viewing. Yes. The first viewing, I was just in the wrong place for it, definitely, um, and it dragged. The second time, I I respected it more, and I did in, the, I enjoyed it more than the first time. Yeah, but I have no need to ever want to see this film again. No, I kind of agree, but I can't find I can't find enough there to go. It's a miss because actually, look at all the positives that we've listed. Yeah, that's fair. But that yeah, fair. Uh, so that's why it's not going to be like a for me. It's not a mega hit. It's not no. one that I'm going to go. I'm going to buy it. Um, you know, I want to see it again. I mean, it's... I suppose if I was thinking about it, I could give it a soft miss because I did like. I think the acting was fine. Yeah. I mean, in the actual sense of the film itself, I think it did well. Mm. I just didn't massively enjoy it. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. I'm. I will change myself to a soft miss then because I think actually an outright miss might be a bit harsh. Yeah, but I think when often... we've had films yeah. that we actually can't say anything good about. The thing is, as I said, Pipeline <laughs> Bird was an outright miss. Yeah. I was the wrong target audience. I didn't get it. I didn't enjoy it. I struggled to get to the end of it. I did have that with this a little bit to the point of if I wasn't watching this for a podcast, I don't know if I'd have finished it. I know you're a finish the film no matter what kind of guy. Yes. But I'm one of those. If if I'm at the halfway point of a film and I'm not enjoying it, I'm like, I'm not putting this time back into it. Um, But I think I'll give it a a soft miss to be fair to it. Because the acting is good. Yeah, mine's only really a soft hit, to be fair, because it's not like top tier. Yeah. Um, it's a soft manic. <laughs> it, well, yeah, <laughs> it's a half and half. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what we call that really. But it's have a name because it's, it's literally half and half. Lukewarm. It's a lukewarm manic. Oh, it's a lukewarm manic. Oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> lukewarm manic sounds worse than a miss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. If your cup of tea is outright cold, you know not to drink it. But if it's lukewarm, it tricks you into thinking it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that's the thing about this list. There's been some massive variance in what we've both thought on films. So, and generally, I've been on the higher side of the films. 
you you tend to rate higher than I do. Yeah. So I mean, we, yeah. we were get realistic. We were going to get a couple that were a bit lower for me. Yes. I, I mean, I can't I can't bash this film on any of its acting or the way it's shot. It just wasn't for me. I think. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. So what are we going to be watching next? Well. Next time on the Manic Film Club, we will be watching The Other Side of the Wind. On the last day of his life, a legendary director struggles to complete a new project and contemplates his legacy in the layered film by Orson Welles. Okay. It's an Orson Welles film. Orson Welles film. Two hours, just over. It's over two hours. Okay, that's about average for, yeah. for what we're watching now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at the same time, I like it when it's under. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we might have to... I get the feeling that we're going to have to approach the next film as our artists ourselves. Oh, really? I get the feeling it's going to be a bit artsy. Okay. But that might not that might not be a bad thing, because at least you can focus on that. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong. I, I've yeah. gone from what I've read and a couple of pictures. Okay. You know, but yeah, I think it's going to be put it this way. The fact that you didn't particularly, if you found this film too slow, I yeah. get the feeling you might need to <laughs> maybe watch it in the day with an energy drink. I'm just, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll, I'll make sure I'm focusing on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, when this episode goes live, Tobias will also post a poll over on our Twitter page where you can vote if you thought this was a hit or a miss yourself. Sometimes I forget and do it about three days later. <laughs> the, point is, the poll happens in the end. It, yeah, don't just immediately go. If it's not there, it will be there. Keep yeah. checking. It will turn up Indeed. in amongst all the other things that we post. It will be in there. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to check out that poll as well as lots of other stuff, go to our Twitter, which is at The Manic with two N's. Very, Very important. important. Now, we have just come to the end of our video game polls along there. And our grand winner... Is and Ratchet and Clank. Really? Yeah. Who would have called that? Who would have called that? I mean, it is a classic, and it has been remastered several times, and they are but now making a new one. At the same but... time, underwhelming. <laughs> to... For me and you, yeah, probably. But, I mean, the poll that it got through on had like 40-odd votes on it. For us, that's pretty good. Yeah, um, And so that did quite well, actually. Um, but it did also go through a tie as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's okay. crazy because that, that beat out some big games. It took you a long time to do those polls. It did because I may have forgotten about it for a while. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but when I got back on it, I got back on it for about yeah. a week. Then I forgot about it again. And then... then when I was on it again, Tobias, <laughs> I was on it again until the end because I was like, you know what? The end is in sight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you ever think that that? would be the result though no i wouldn't have guessed that ratchet i thought something like ratchet and clank would have got far like i will say second place was prince of persia which has had a film made of it yeah yeah i mean i thought prince of persia would have done better than ratchet and clank but ratchet yeah. and clank is an all-rounder it's kind of for everyone but to be honest those two as a final for me not a gamer admittedly yeah I've, on the plus side i've heard of both of them yeah um, but underwhelmed that those that those were the final two. <laughs> oh no, I fully agree with you. I, I'm completely agree with what you're saying. I mean, there was some it, they beat some big games out on both sides of it. Yeah, 
Now, outside of Twitter, we've also got our Tumblr, which we have stuff going on every now and then. Not at the moment, but there will be stuff on it. So keep your eye yeah. out there. It's always worth to check in. And don't forget, lovely people, we now have a Patreon. Yeah, we do. Oh, we do. What can they get? Full of exclusive uh, stuff. Yeah, stuff. I was going to say something I couldn't say. <laughs> it's so exclusive. It's just exclusive. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, you'll never know about the badges unless you pay. You know about the badges, all the magic butterflies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you get What you do get is access to the community Discord, which is now starting to actually take off. And people are chatting every day. Yeah, actually, stuff is happening. There's There's polls to do with... Our nor- not this one particularly, uh, but the yeah. normal standard manic podcast. That's uh, not people- to say it won't cross over. No, that is something because we will be taking suggestions. And I know that I was sent a suggestion today on my TikTok live. Mm-hmm. And I've told that person to become a patron and actually suggest it officially. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've said to the patrons they get to help shape the future of the podcast. So Absolutely. it's not fair to let normies do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what I've said. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yes, so you, you get to vote on things. You do generally get to give your ideas and suggest what you'd like our podcasts to be. Yeah, that's pretty cool, I think. We have the right to ignore you. But if we like the idea, then we're going to dive straight in. <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll give credit to people who, who come up with ideas. We'll give them the shout outs. It's, you know. Yes, we will. <laughs> we will. <laughs> we will. I was going to say, there's a small print, isn't there? <laughs> there's definitely a small print. Yeah. Um, it, it is a verbal shout out only, and that's where it ends. <laughs> yeah, and then for the rest of the podcast, we claim it as our own idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. You get the one shout out, and then that's forgotten. Yeah. Um, now, it's only £1.20 a month. It's nice and cheap. It's. It's so cheap. It is. So there's lots of things that you can check out. Um, if you Also, it's not being used yet, but we now have a manic TikTok page. We do. We're going to use it. Yeah, I literally have stuff that I'm putting together, in, as, yeah. not as we speak, but, you know. Not everything's going to be, like, well presented. Sometimes it'll just be me or Liam going, hey, have you heard that Jamie Foxx is in the Spider-Man film? <laughs> it will just but be, what, like, news I coming out. I promise you, lovely listeners. Neither me or Tobias will ever be doing the WAP dance on it. <laughs> He's promising. But when I've been drinking... <laughs> do you know what? You can, do, you can do the WAP dance, but you have to be doing it in a Star Trek uniform to make it geeky. I have the Star Trek uniform. <laughs> I can do that. Okay, let me, <laughs> let me revise that promise. I will never be doing the WAP dance on the TikTok. <laughs> actually, you say that, but what I've noticed on TikTok is anything that I do that's successful, you steal. Really? <laughs> yeah. So therefore, you, I was doing voice ma- voice messages. You were like, I'll, I'll start doing them. <laughs> I feel like something that most creators seem to be using, you can't put to stealing. <laughs> I know. I, we had the discussion and we discussed the fact that it was working for me. I was getting more followers. And then you went, I might try that. You uh-huh. literally, you asked me for advice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, because you get so much spam. Yeah. Oh, yeah, spam. you do. All the spams. All the spams. But I tell you what, if you are on TikTok, then you may want to go and follow us when we do start doing stuff on it. Because um, we will be at some point, not particularly the film club, but we are going to be aiming to do a live manic podcast at some point. Yeah. Which you could be part of, literally part of. That's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah. It's literally the future. (laughs) It's the future, people. You could be part of it. You know, we don't... The future's very... What's the word? Well, who knows? We could be on lockdown for another six months. So, uh... Years. Get the live bit that you can. 
Yeah, indeed, indeed. Now, yeah. other than that, is there anything else you wish to say or sell or plug? Um, no. Okie dokie. Well, in that case, I think it's time to say goodbye. All right, bye. Stay safe, everybody, and most importantly, stay manic. <laughs>